Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show, the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions. And now, the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio. Here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Hello, everyone, and welcome. Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show, right here on Voice America, voiceamerica.com, America's Voice. We're in our 19th or 20th year. I started in 2002 on Voice America. So, yeah, I mean, I think 19th year. And um, always interviewed amazing people who are really talk about empowerment and positive thinking and positive living and That's what we do here, and today's no exception. So today we're talking to Joanna Charnas, and she has a new book, which is called A Movie Lover's Search for Romance. Joanna Charnas recounts 15 years of her post-divorce life in middle age. In the first section, she talks about her many dates and crushes, and one has to hand it to her. She doesn't trash one of them. Imagine the author writing a diary before and after each date. The intriguing premise includes the interweaving of specific movies that tie into the emotions and actions of each date. Joanna Charnas is a knowledgeable movie buff who consistently compares her experiences to relevant films like Coming Home, Pretty Woman, When Harry Met Sally. But that's not all. She also gleans knowledge only born of experience when she reports of lessons learned. For example, back away from confused men, trust your instincts, and have faith that you're never too old or too anything to have a wonderful romantic experience. Welcome, Joanna. Hello. Great to have you on. I know we did an interview several years ago because I know that you have several other books. And yes. so we did an interview on those books as well. I know you've written books on health and wellness. Yes. Yes. Yep. Living Well with Chronic Illness and 100 Tips and Tools for Managing Chronic Illness. So this is a wonderful book. It's more of a memoir. And yes. um, why did you decide to write a memoir about dating? You know, it actually wasn't a conscious decision. I had gone through several drafts, probably about five, of my first book, Living Well with Chronic Illness, and I was just letting it rest so I could give it a fresh eyes, and uh, I began to have these silly crushes and uh, began to date a lot when I was 45, and because I had been in the habit of writing constantly and revising, I just started writing about it for my own amusement, and I shared them with friends and family, and they loved them. And uh, I think because of the positive feedback and because I was having fun doing it and also because it was a way for me to process my feelings in a safe manner, I just yeah. kept doing it. And at some point, I thought, ooh, maybe there's another book in here somewhere. Wow. Are all of the characters in your book, Movie Lovers Search for Romance, based on real events and people? Everything is 100% true. Uh I changed most of the names, but not all. Uh, In one case, I couldn't change the name because the last name is important, um, but he was deceased now, so I didn't need to get uh, permission. Um, And my friend Dan, who I've known on and off since I was three, is referenced in the book, and he didn't want me to change his name. But um, aside from some name changes, 
everything is absolutely true. Hmm. And, you know, you you are, and I didn't say this, but you're a social worker and have been a social worker for over 30 years, and you work for the mental health department of a large California teaching hospital. How does your work in health and wellness and, um, you know, being a patient and also being a therapist, if you will, how did that influence the book? Well, I always say I'm willing to be um, thought of as a word that we can't say on radio but begins with a B because people misstep and sometimes they're cranky. But I'm never willing to be thought of as a hypocrite. So whether I misstep in my life, misjudge, do all the things that we do to make when we make mistakes or not, I always want to feel like I'm practicing what I'm trying to teach our patients. And so I think that's really been my guiding principle is my ethics are, what would I tell my patients to do? And, and I need to be doing that myself. Uh, and that's really helped. It's, it's kept me honest and ethical and learning and growing. So I'm grateful for that. Yeah. <clears throat> Very, you know, really important. What are some of the movies? I know I read some of them, you know, in the intro in terms of movies that you referred to. Um, and I guess what I'm asking is, like, One Harry Met Sally and Coming Home and Pretty Woman. Are there some newer ones that you refer to now? You know, there have been some great movies on Netflix that I've really enjoyed that haven't so much influenced my personal life, but that I've loved. But one movie that I particularly love that I think relates to the book in many ways is a Netflix movie called the 40-year-old version, as opposed to the movie called The 40-Year-Old Virgin. Um, mm. And it's about someone reevaluating and reinventing herself in all ways at 40. Uh, and I mm. think um, had I been writing the book now, I probably would have somehow slipped it in because it pertains to a lot of the themes in the book, not undervaluing yourself, trying new things, stretching, growing, rejecting old things that aren't working, being open to romance in unexpected places. Uh, it's really great, and I encourage people who have Netflix to watch it. It's just dazzling. Just mm. the kind of movie I live for, actually. Yeah, there are some very good ones. A um, couple of them that I have found to be amazing and also have the romance theme on the streaming services like Netflix and Prime have been Poldark, and uh, another one that I'm watching now is A Place to Call Home, which is amazing. Some of these are British and Australian, but they're, they're really, um, they teach you a lot about life. Yeah. I, you know, I have very much missed going to the movies because I use it as a way to relax as well as, you know, sort of grow my cinematic knowledge. I like being in a dark place with strangers alone, just <laughs> absorbing movies, but the movies are still available, even though the experience is somewhat different. Um, mm-hmm. I've rewatched a lot of things. Uh, I've rewatched a lot of my favorite movies. And if people are interested, uh, they can go to my blog, which is um, on my website. You just have to click on it, joannacharnas.com, mm-hmm. because I've been blogging on my favorite movies. Um, and they're, they're a, a, a mixed batch, and there's many more to come. Also on my Facebook page. And I've, re- I've rewatched a lot of these movies that I really loved. Uh, re- and some of them were relating to, to romance, or I rewatched a movie called Beginners, which mm. is about a uh, father and son discovering 
relationship issues at different stages of their lives. I rewatched Notting Hill, which is a fabulous rom com. Mm-hmm. Uh, I rewatched a movie called Bright Star, which is about Keats, which sounds deadly dull. He slowly dies of tuberculosis in the movie. But it's mm. uh, just a gorgeous movie and really interesting um, romantic themes. Um, mm. So a, a lot of my things when, I've been watching again. Go ahead. Oh, is that one? Yes. No. Um, yeah, my question is, when people read your book, what are what's the feedback you're getting? I mean, what are readers telling you about what they've gained from the book and maybe some of the movies they've watched? What's the feedback? There's not a lot of movie feedback. Um, my uh, fabulous publicist, Lori Graff of New York, uh, arranged many, many Zoom book clubs for me because I couldn't do what I had done previously, uh, which is have public readings at places like Barnes & Noble and independent right. bookstores. Um, and so I've actually been able to speak to people who have already read the book. Um, and I think... What people have said is, even if their lives were dramatically different, like people who were attached to their spouses for 30, 40 years, said that they still really enjoyed the book. And I think that made me feel great. Um, One person who was 40, 45, said that it made her feel less alone. Hmm. Um, And that, I thought, was just deeply rewarding. Um, But I think the themes in this book really are universal. So if you've already found love, you're going to laugh with me, and if you haven't found love or it's ended and you're looking for it again, you might be crying a little bit, Uh, but people have said they've laughed and they've cried. Um, The book is very me. It's uh, incredibly personal. I've actually told everybody in my family, if it's too much me, just put it down. Don't feel like you have to read it, but I think because the book is so personal and transparent that people have felt like they could talk to me about deeply personal things when they've read the book. In one of my book clubs, uh, most people bailed, and I was alone with one reader for about 15 minutes, and she was having marital issues. And even though that's really not emphasized in my book, it's clear that I was divorced, and she asked me all about my divorce. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I talked to her about what happened and why, it didn't, why the marriage failed and what the divorce process was. And I think because the book is so personal. People felt like they could talk to me on a personal level. And, uh, you know, I'm used to helping people, so I was happy to do that. You know, I I didn't mind at all. Um, Really, yeah, really important. Yeah, I have found during, and we are now in 2020, everyone, even though these shows are evergreen, meaning that people can listen a year now, two years from now. Mm -hmm. But we're in December of 2020, so we're still in the middle of a pandemic, which is why Joanna isn't going to the bookstores to give her talks in person. So for a lot of us, you know, we're watching films at home on Netflix or Prime Video or other other things. But I have found one of the things I've been doing is watching these amazing series, and many of them have, like, Downton Abbey or Poldark. And when I watch them, I exercise and jog as I'm watching. So I'm getting to exercise and then watch something and really look forward to it. So it's really worked out well for me, and I've gotten to see things that, you know, before COVID-19, I never had time to do this, and or I went to the movies, and now I'm not going to the movies, so it's a different way, but I actually really like it. You know, you kind of, it's on demand. You do it in your own time when you can, and I watch episodes. So I'll watch, you know, an episode, and then the next day watch another one and think about the episode before. It's interesting. 
But I think there's a lot to be learned. And, and it's interesting you're talking about this, Joanna, because I find I'm learning a lot about even relationships I'm in now. When I watch the characters and the way they handle things, their strength or their the way they explain things, I'll learn from that. And it'll help me in my own relationships in terms of how I handle things. Did you find that at all? Well, that's sort of the theme of the book is what can I learn from the movies? Um, not so much now, no, but, uh, but I've done what you've done, which is I've watched things that I would otherwise not have watched. Right. Uh, and enjoyed it very much. Crime things that I would never have watched out of desperation that were very good. Um, and I've rewatched things. I mean, I watch a lot of TV anyway. I, I need a lot of downtime because of my health issues. But I've rewatched things and found them very enjoyable. I, wa- I rewatched all of the seasons of Downton Abbey and loved it. And it was mm. really fun watching them all at once. I yeah. rewatched Fleabag. I rewatched uh, the first season of The Crown. Oh, I love uh, The I've Crown. I've really enjoyed mm. watching things. I've had one really bad experience where I rewatched a movie I loved when it came out in the 1990s and really did not love it. So that was very sad for me. I couldn't finish it. But for the most part, I've enjoyed watching things and I've enjoyed, you know, spreading my wings a little bit and watching things that I would not have customarily watched. Yeah, that's great. That's been nice. All right. We're going to talk uh, more to Joanna right after the break. And Joanna Charnas' book is called, and it's a lovely book, it's called A Movie Lover's Search for Romance. And we have a book here, so if any of you listen to this interview and you'd like a copy of the book, just write to me, Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com, and I have a copy, and I'll get it to you. All right, you want to give it to someone who's listened to the show and would like to write and, and get a copy. Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. So a little bit about Joanna Charnas. She holds a BA um, in MSW, and she spent her early years in New York in Silicon Valley and in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and she's been a social worker for 30 years, and she practices psychotherapy and specializes in group therapy. She's now in Southern California, where she works in the mental health department of a large teaching hospital, and she has she's the author of two award-winning books, Living Well with Chronic Illness, and 100 Tips and Tools for Managing Chronic Illness. So you can look those up, too, on her website, joannacharnas.com. You're listening to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show right here on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice, and we will be right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com A brave heart is anyone with the courage to be of service to others. If you have that courage, then Bravehearts Radio with Brian Reinbold is for you. Even if you aren't yet, you'll want to still tune in to get inspired, create your own story to share, and change your life for the better. Listen to the stories of service and courage shared by amazing guests and your input too. Listen for Brave Hearts Radio, Mondays at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Remember, doing good anywhere does good everywhere. Do you want to hear a show about football? How about football moms? What if we told you that was just a start? Tune in for Double Down with Garrett and Mack. Audrey Garrett and Jeracy Mack are moms to some well-known NFL players. Sure, they'll talk football and raising their kids to achieve greatness, but they'll also talk about community and world issues, motherhood, news, and lifestyle topics. Listen in every Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 
on the Voice America Variety Channel. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips offers a psychological perspective on coping with common and current life issues. This show addresses topics as varied as marital stress, insomnia, depression, raising teens, campus violence, and building self-resilience. Listen in as Dr. Phillips and her guest experts share the latest in books, findings, and information that will inform and enhance your life journey. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. are listening to the Patricia Raskin Show. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. Now, back to the Patricia Raskin Show. Hi, everyone, and we are back. My guest is Joanna Charnas, and her new book, is a movie lover's search for romance. And she holds a PA, BA and an MSW, and she's been a social worker for 30 years. She's in Southern California, works in the mental health department of a large teaching hospital, and she's the author of two award-winning books, Living Well with Chronic Illness and 100 Tips and Tools for Managing Chronic Illness. Today we're talking about her, her third book, A Movie Lover's Guide, A Movie Lover's Search for Romance. You know, the need for love is universal, and A Movie Lover's Search for Romance details Charnas' quest for love at age 45. When her marriage broke up, she dated sporadically, but after three years of being single, she embarked on a crazy dating year. In her wildest imagination, she could never have conjured up the cast of characters that she romantically encountered in one post-divorce year in middle age. This memoir recounts her romantic adventures while pondering larger social issues and describing the pitfalls that Joanna experienced, as well as the lessons that she learned. And the cast of characters include a childhood sweetheart, her father's wealthy friend, a repairman, a Buddhist monk, a younger man, and more, all with equivalents from the movies. So it also contains a secondary love story. Her passion for movies. She's seen at least one movie a week since the age of 14, resulting in thousands of films that informed and illuminated her search for love. So anyone who's ever pined for true love or found comfort at a movie will enjoy this book. And we're giving away one book. So if you listen to this um, today or you listen online afterwards and you listen on demand and this interests you, you can log on to joannacharnas.com. But write to me, Patricia, at patriciaraskin.com, and I will send you the book. Or let Joanna know, and I have the book, and I will send it. All right, and again, her website is Joanna, J-O-A-N-N-A, Charnas, C-H-A-R-N-A-S dot com. Welcome back, Joanna. Thank you. So how did dating differ in middle age from when you were in your 20s or 30s? You know, I've talked to people about this a lot. When you're in your 20s, uh, everybody's single, more or less. And so it's just about being around people and hoping to find someone who is, uh, that you're compatible with. And then as time goes on, the pool gets smaller and smaller and smaller. Uh, in your 40s, um, most people have been married or divorced um, 
Uh, some people have not, but I have concerns about those people. Um, and so it's really about finding someone who is at a junction in their life where they're ready, which is different than everybody's single and might be interested. Um, mm-hmm. And then people bring all kinds of history and baggage, but also all kinds of beautiful things that are unexpected, life experiences. Uh, so it's really a different ballgame when you're middle in middle age. People are halfway through their adulthood, and they bring that experience with them into the relationship, good, bad, otherwise. Mm-hmm. What were your biggest joys and pleasures of dating, and what were the hardest parts? The biggest joys were when I really connected with somebody. Uh, people, you know, say, what was the wildest experience you had? And that was certainly the brief, brief experience I had with the Buddhist um, and it ended very badly, but for a few weeks, there was this beautiful connection. Uh, and, you know, when you really connect with somebody um, on many different levels, it's, a, it's really a, just an entrancing experience. And so whenever mm-hmm. that happened, um, it was just wonderful. Uh, and, of course, breakups are always hard, even if you know they're necessary. And regardless of whether you initiate them or not, breakups always take time to recover. Um, I talk to my patients about this all the time. Um, I always say to them, can you believe how much it hurts? And they say, no, I can't. Like, you couldn't believe it hurts this much, right? And they say, yes, I can. But it really, most breakups really do get better with time, and there's a, actually a biology to that. Um, so I would mm-hmm. say that's you know, the best and the worst. Is breakups always hurt. But um, when you really connect with somebody, whether it's for an evening or for a month or a year or a lifetime, it's blissful. Truly blissful. What um, dating advice or relationship advice would you offer since that's a lot of the work that you do in your own work? Well, um, when I counsel patients, I actually try not to give advice. Part of being a counselor is helping people come to their own realizations. But when I'm talking to my friends, that's a different story. Um, Again, people can find this on my website because I included it over the course of the spring when the book came out. Um, But there are eight dating tips, um, and I added a ninth in the back of the book, and I don't have the book in front of me, but I think you've already mentioned the most important one, which is trust your instincts always, even when it makes no sense, because they're Mm. almost always right. Yes. Um, If people are, another one would be if people are still really, really, not disengage from their ex, um, still sorting it out, still have um, very powerful emotions. They're really not ready for a relationship with you, or at least not an emotional one. Mm-hmm. Um, moody people are not going to get less moody just because you're in their lives. You're not going to make them better. Um, and another one that I think is really important is don't personalize everything. So, for example, I'll give you this example. Um, uh, during the lull in the pandemic before this, the resurge, uh, I had about four first dates. And I went on a first date with someone, and it was really quite spectacular. We were socially distanced apart in a public space, but we really, really got along. And I had a second date with him, again, socially distanced outside. Uh, and it was really nice, and we basically ate and talked for about four hours, but it was not quite as spectacular. And... Uh, I thought, okay, well, maybe I'll see him again. Maybe I won't. Um, and I got a text from him the following Monday. I just last t- second time I saw him was on a Friday. 
And he said, you know, I've met someone else, and she and I are really going to try to give it a go, but if it doesn't work out, can I call you? And I said, sure. I mean, initially I had thought, well, maybe not. I don't really want to be anybody's second best. Mm-hmm. But what I really, what I came to realize is sometimes it's not about you. People can really like you, and clearly he did, because otherwise he wouldn't want to have me in reserve. But there are things okay. such as fit. And um, I thought, well, maybe she's retired, he's retired, and I'm not. We were on different mm-hmm. races. Maybe she's his race and I'm not. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe she has more sailing experience. She lived on a boat and I don't. Mm-hmm. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's not about your personality or your right. intrinsic quality. It's just about good fit. And so when someone doesn't call or rejects you when you call them, don't assume it has anything to really to do with who you are as a person. Sometimes it mm-hmm. has to do with the framework and details of your life. And so I think... It's very, very hard to remember that because it always feels very personal, but it's really not always personal. You know, I think that's such like great me. advice, Lori. But, I'm, I'm calling but you but Lori. Other, <laughs> Lori, Lori was, led me to Joanna. But Joanna, yeah, I think that's fabulous. such good advice. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and sometimes relationships aren't, you know, they may just be a friend. Or it may be somebody who's not an available person, but they're a friend. I mean, sometimes you can learn from all different kinds of relationships. It may not come in exactly the package that you want. That is the God's honest truth. And then you have to decide if that package is something you want or not. I'm currently in a semi-long-distance relationship, which I've never done before. And um, my boyfriend is divine. He's a fabulous guy. But the long-distance stuff is really, really hard. And so, you know, we're working on it, and we're going to keep working on it until it doesn't work anymore. Um, But the package is not perfect, but he's divine. So, you know, you just have to deal with it. Yeah, 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 I think that's such, again, such great advice that you're offering, really do. Because I think that we have these, what's the word, these um, standards and these parameters that we create in our mind, and the person has to fit into those. And if they don't, then they're gone. Instead of, why don't we just take this as it is, and maybe it isn't that particular thing. Maybe it's something else. Or maybe I wanted this kind of relationship, but I'm going to try that kind of relationship and see if it works. I actually was talking to a girlfriend of mine. Now, I'm 61, and my girlfriend's a little bit over 65, and um, she's been single for a while, and uh, she is really rethinking things since she just retired, and she said that she has, uh, she knows a man who's middle-aged in his 50s, and I don't know why, but he lives with his mother, and she said, you know, I would not have wanted to date him, but it turns out that he has a girlfriend who's disabled, and he visits her all the time. And he essentially takes care of her. He goes grocery shopping and he does things for her. And um, perhaps she did not want a boyfriend who lives with his mother. And perhaps mm-hmm. he did not exactly want a disabled girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't exactly what they had in mind. But it really is working. Um, and so she's beginning to think about kind of jettisoning this vision of a package. And really yeah, trying to be open to... Do I like this person, and is it worth trying to make it work, even if the package isn't perfect? And I think as we get older, particularly if we're comfortable with our lives, we can support ourselves, we're in stable housing, 
our income isn't um, being threatened, which it is for a lot of people right now, you know, we can say, well, can I be flexible about this? You know, is it really yeah. important that they have X? Yeah. Yeah, I think um, this is great. All right, Lori, we're going to take a break quickly. And when we come back, we're going to talk more about this. It's really fascinating. Uh, Again, my guest is... Is Joe? I'm calling you Lori again. I'm so sorry. The person who introduced me to Joanna is Lori, and for some reason she's coming up. Joanna Charnas is the author of A Movie Lover's Search for Romance, and she's a licensed psychotherapist. Uh, practices she is practiced psychotherapy, and is a licensed social worker. And she works in a mental health department in Southern California in a large teaching hospital. She's written two other books, and now, based on her own experience, she's talking about love and we are giving away her book so either contact her on the website or write to me patricia at patriciaraskin.com and i'll send it to you whether you're listening live or on demand right we'll be right back The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Want an insider's pass to everything that goes on in Hollywood? Join Summer Helene every week for Behind the Scenes. Summer Helene is known as the Duchess of Hollywood because she knows the insiders, legends, and celebs and brings the stories, the gossip, and the backstage scoop. It's the real Hollywood, though. So this program is for adults only. Behind the Scenes can be heard live every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Get ready to go inside the lives of some of the top recording artists the music industry has known. Join host Troy Bronstein every week as he becomes a prince among queens. Troy discusses the careers and past, present, and future projects from these artists. And if there's time on each show, you just might hear some performance gems as well. Listen for Prince Among Queens every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time at 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. You are listening to The Patricia Raskin Show. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. Now, back to The Patricia Raskin Show. Hi, everyone, and we are back. And we are back with Joanna Charnas. And she is the author of this wonderful new book, which is called A Movie Lover's Search 
for romance. And she is a, a, a therapist. She's a social worker, certified social worker, and she works in a hospital in California. And she's also written two books in the area of health and wellness. And this book is really based on her own life and what she's been through in her own world. And uh, I'm really happy, Joanna, to have you on the program. Her two books uh, are Living Well with Chronic Illness and 100 Tips and Tools for Managing Chronic Illness. And again, she's a social worker at a mental health department of a large California teaching hospital. But she wrote this book um, in her own quest, in her own world of dating. And she um, really has come up with so many wonderful tips from watching movies, dating in person, her own background, um, you know, she's come up with some great tips. So, Joanna, um, anything else that you want to share about this from your own sort of personal history point of view? Uh, Every time I find myself single again and trying to find love again, um, I remember that it's very difficult. Uh, And the older you get, it it becomes more difficult. Um, uh, And so I think that we have to be emotionally ready for the ups and downs. It's very hard when we're younger, but we have have more resilience, I think, when we're younger. So um, just be very, very kind to yourself. And I've talked to a lot of different friends in a lot of different situations, men, women, gay, straight, probably things in between. Um, and it's, 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 it's a challenge. So you have to really want it and be willing to go through the ups and downs, the disappointments, and be open to the joy of it, uh, which is intense. Um, so just be sure that you're in the right mind frame and ready for the ups and downs and also understand that those are normal. It, it, you know, if things don't work out, it's normal. Um, there's right. nothing wrong with you. It's hard to find love. Yeah. But again, it's also part of what you believe, too, right? Don't you think your belief is part of this? Um, I think that a positive attitude helps everything in life. And so I think that if you go into dating feeling like you have something to offer and being mindful of what you have to offer and valuing yourself, it's more likely that someone's going to value you as well. Right. Right. So the attitude really does make a difference. I always say attitude is king, queen, and the sun god all rolled into one. (laughs) Absolutely. You know, this book is about dating, but it's also about your passion for movies. How have you coped during the pandemic without being able to go to movies? And what advice do you give to people about movies and about support and how movies can help during the pandemic? Um. I miss going to the movies, but I think it's been such a tumultuous year in so many ways that are obvious that it's just been way down on my list of things. Um, I miss being able to just recharge in movies, and I've had to try to find other ways of doing that that are healthy options where I can just kind of tune out without doing anything dangerous. Um, And so I would say don't be ashamed to watch a stupid show. You know, don't say, oh, this isn't, you know, smart enough or interesting enough or whatever. Anything that works that's coming through, streaming through your TV is fine. Um, mm-hmm. You know, revisit the cartoons from your childhood. It doesn't matter. 
Um, but let go of all self-judgment. You know, you want to watch silly romantic comedies and you're a 65-year-old straight man, you just go right ahead and do that. Um, you know? Um, uh, and I know people have done that. I had a friend who watched, rewatched all of the original Star Wars episodes from the 1960s. And it just helped him get through a hard time. So whatever really? it is, just let, yeah, let go of your expectations and your self-judgment and anything that gets you through the you know a hard day without eating a gallon of ice cream, just go ahead and do it. It's fine. Yeah. Um, Give us a lesson that you learned from one of the, you know, definitely one of the movies that you watched or one of the things that you're watching. What's a lesson you learned from film? Uh, you know, one of my favorite movies ever that I haven't blogged about yet, and it's in the book is a movie called Mostly Martha. And Mostly oh, Martha is a, it. is a ger- it's a German movie. And um, so you have to be up for subtitles. And it's about a very high-strung, very neurotic, very controlling chef. And she, um, her sister dies, and she has to take care of her niece, whom she doesn't know, who's a little girl. And another chef moves into her kitchen, which sends her... Um, just absolutely nuts because she has to let go of some of that control and he has a crush on her and it's sort of about her discovering love on two different levels taking care of this very very distraught little girl and letting go of control and letting this guy into her life and into her kitchen and um, I'm not really an easygoing person I'm a pretty intense person I intimidate people Um I like things done a certain way, and I often have to be very mindful of letting go of control. And um, essentially, through love, she's able to let go of some of that. And so I would like to think that in the right, with the right person that I can let my guard down, with some of my own maladaptive defense mechanisms, which we all have. We all have defense mm-hmm. mechanisms that were developed for really good reasons. Um, mm-hmm. Defense mechanisms don't happen in a, in a vacuum. Um, but that with the right person, um, I can let go a little bit and that I can be a better version of myself uh, through trust. Uh, and and what's the name like of it again? Happening. Minding, minding mostly, Martha? Mostly, mostly Martha, and it's a German movie, and I believe it was released in the first first decade of this century, but I couldn't tell where, you when. Where do you find it? It was. Uh, I, I would go on pay-per-view. Oh, I see. Uh, that's okay. why I look for everything. And occasionally things aren't there, but most of the time they are. Uh, and there might be some, like, independent movie channel that might have it as well. I haven't revisited oh. it. There was an American version of it that I didn't like as well. But I really, really love most, Mostly Martha. And it's about, again, healing through love and becoming a better version of ourselves. Mm-hmm. It was very touching. Very, very touching. Yeah, yeah. Okay, share something in your book that you talked about in terms of, um, you know, just something that really struck you that you wrote about that you think we would we'd really like to know. Well, I don't something. know. Um, you know, people ask me all the time what my favorite chapter of the book is. Yes. And my favorite chapter of the book is about my crush on Henry Cooper, who is a real person, and you can Google him. He had a very, very long obituary in the New York Times. And um, I felt so stupid having this crush on my father's friend. 
And but there was something beautiful about it because it sort of reignited the little, you know, pilot light of my love life. And mm-hmm. having those feelings for him, this, this sort of silly schoolgirl crush, even though I was 45 and he was 25, year, 25 years-ish older than me, he was about my dad's age, just reminded me that I was able to still have those feelings. Um, and, and, and Henry actually flirted with me a tiny bit. And it was never going to go anywhere. We lived on different coasts. We were at different stages of my life. He was a close friend of my father's, et cetera. But there was something really beautiful about that crush. And quite frankly, there still is. You know, I, mm-hmm. I will always have a special place in my heart for a man I barely knew, only saw a couple of times, a few times. Uh, but there was something very special about that little crush. And mm-hmm. when the New York Times uh, obituary came out, it turned out that my what I thought was a silly crush was not silly at all. He was an extraordinary person. That's why I got mm-hmm. the long obituary in the, in the New York Times. Mm-hmm. And it made me sort of feel validated, like, oh, you liked someone and you sort of had this feelings for someone who was more than worthy of that. So good for mm-hmm. you. Good for you for having a crush on this guy. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, I, so think I think that speaks to sort of our society in a way kind of dictating you know, what should we do? Yeah. You see this in a lot of things like Downton Abbey. You see those class and so many of these romantic movies you see, you know, the the upper class falling in love with, if you, I, for, for a better, lack of a better word, you know, with the working class. And then, you know, how the families are all upset and it just can't happen because they're from two different classes. And I don't know if we have as much of that today, but that's certainly a theme in so many romantic um, yes. books and, and things. You know, and if I had lived in New York City, even though we had a 25-year age difference, I would definitely have taken my, up my father on his offer to facilitate something. And, you know, I joke in the book and say I could make the last 10 years of his life happy. And, in fact, he died 10 years later. Mm. But in a different, in, in, if life had been different, I absolutely would have let my father do that. Mm-hmm. Um, because he was extraordinary, and and it, it wasn't meant to be. Because I mean, for a lot of reasons, but mostly I lived on a different coast. Um, but uh, I think that we need to treasure our warm feelings, even if they're never going to go anywhere. Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, and learned, be respectful I've of our feelings. To do that that has taken me many years. You know, I've learned to do that with relationships where they're just the relationship isn't going to happen in the way I might like it. So I take it for what it is, whether it's a friendship or whatever it is. And I think that really does make a difference because otherwise we can't see the beauty in it because all we're doing is yeah. looking at why can't I have it the way I want to have it? So it's wrong. Forget it. Wipe it out. But like you said, look how beautiful those small pieces are and whatever they are, then take that. So. Yeah, and, you know, a lot of, you know, we talked about the Zoom book clubs that I had, and I talked a lot about with with all these people, and, and one book club was just men, by the way. You know, if you've had genuine connection with somebody in a way where you felt like you got to be your, your authentic self, and they validated you, and they loved you back, or they appreciated you, and whether it lasted an evening, or a month, or a year, or a lifetime, you are a fortunate person if you've really connected with somebody 
And, you know, if you wanted a long-term relationship that lasted a lifetime like I did, but instead you got it in bits and pieces, so it's kind of a patchwork quilt, I'm still a fortunate person, you know, mm-hmm. and and yeah. it's hard to remember that if you didn't that. get exactly what you wanted, yeah. that you still had great beauty and you're a lucky person. Oh, that's wonderful. I think it's a, it's a good lesson for all of us. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back and finish up our interview with Joanna Charnas, who's the author of A Movie Lover's Search for Romance. Stay tuned, folks. You're listening to the Positive Living Program with Patricia Raskin. We'll be right back. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Have you ever experienced the joy of living? Not just aspects of your life, but the true joy of life itself. Barry Shore has. You could call him an ambassador of joy. From a successful entrepreneur to becoming a quadriplegic due to a rare disease to his ongoing recovery through swimming and physical rehabilitation. Barry now presents his gifts to others as host of The Joy of Living. All you need to do is tune in. Listen live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in every week for Making Action Happen, hosted by Sarah Blackhurst. The program takes you inside Action 22, a Colorado-based community outreach organization established in 1999. The show focuses on public policies, both politically driven or not, which have ongoing and immediate impact on the Colorado community and the world. It doesn't matter where you are, you can make action happen. Listen Thursdays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, and 1 p.m. Mountain Time on Voice America Variety. Join Chris Epting every week for the moment. Chris talks to some of the most amazing people you'll ever meet, including authors, artists, and athletes. And that's just the A-list. These celebrities and public figures have interesting stories that all showcase the moments that their lives took a certain dramatic turn, changing them forever and shaping them to be the person that they were meant to be. Listen for The Moment with Chris Epting, Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to The Patricia Raskin Show. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. Now, back to The Patricia Raskin Show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. I'm Patricia Raskin, and my guest is Joanna Charnas. She's the author of A Movie Lover's Search for Romance, and I have an extra book here. So if you're enjoying the interview and you like a book, uh, which really talks about different movies and about romance and what she has learned from movies as well and her personal story, um, write to me, Patricia, at PatriciaRaskin.com or write to Joanna, and you can find her through her website, JoannaCharnas.com, and that's J-O-A-N-N-A. C-H-A-R-N-A-S dot com. And uh, certainly, um, I will send you the book, but you can write to either of us. 
Okay. Welcome back, Joanna. Hello. All right. All right. So I'm looking here, and um, oh, this is so interesting. You have all these so such interesting topics, like what would my mom say now or late bloomer. Mm. These are like, you know, and then another one is dreamland encouragement. Another one is dating a sociopath. Now, that's interesting. Um, if you want to talk about that, but talk about it in a positive way and moving on in style and big changes. Yeah, share some, share, share some things. Well, there's a chapter called, I think, Sociopath No Harm Done. And I had met this guy online, even in uh, 15 years ago. We still met people online. And uh, he kind of said and did all the right things. He was quite a bit younger than me. Uh, and on the second date, he really, 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 really wanted essentially to have sex with me, and I just wasn't ready to do more than something much tamer. And uh, then he sort of disappeared, and I was really uh, unglued by it. I had been dating so much that year, and I wasn't just ready for being ghosted. So I went back online, and I realized that he had placed at least half a dozen ads with overlapping criteria, and it was very easy to determine that it was the same person because mm. of unusual specifics that were in all of them. Mm. And um, it was very disingenuous because he made it seem like each type of person was what he was looking for, looking for someone who could smoke pot with, looking for a woman of color, which I clearly was not, if you look at the back of my book. Um, but it, he made it seem like he was looking for specific things in each of the ads that were mutually exclusive. Mm. Um, so, uh, and I remember... Um, you know, saying something to my uncle about it, saying the book is dedicated to my uncle. Saying, Didn't he think that I would figure this out? And he said he doesn't care. He doesn't care if you figure it out. And I had kind of become unglued, I think maybe from a year of too much dating. And eventually I kind of felt good about myself because I had known something was wrong. I just didn't know what it was until I went back online. And so what initially had felt like me falling apart ended up being me actually having very good instincts. Um, I just had to figure out the details. And, but the truth is he didn't do any harm. You know, I had set boundaries that I was comfortable with. No, I'm not going to unzip my pants. That's not happening. Um, not on this date at least. Uh, and those boundaries had stood me in good stead. And when he disappeared without a fairly well, um, you know, I knew something was wrong. I just didn't know exactly what was wrong because he had indicated that we would go forward. He had made very clear, you know, statements about that. Oh, we're going to have so much fun together. It's like, and then he just disappeared. It wasn't like he, he had, he had led me on probably because he wanted to get in my pants. Um, but, uh, all in all, it was fine. I had set boundaries. The boundaries had served me well. The boundaries had made me not waste my time with someone who essentially just wanted to get into my pants and the pants of a whole bunch of other people. Um, And so so sometimes even things that feel bad initially, we can feel good about. Hey, my instincts were good. Hey, those boundaries really worked for me. Um, Even though I had three very unpleasant days, even with the world's best uncle supporting me. Uh, but see now, now let me let me re- let me reframe that a little bit because I think it's this is important. Now, someone else, Joanna, would have done this. The opposite of you, they would have said, "Oh, forget it. I had a bad experience. I'm never going online again." And you hear that. You hear that. Sure. I had a bad experience. They're all like that. They're all. That's all they want. That's that was one experience. And so I think it's really important you talk about this so that people can. 
understand, you know, you're going to have the ups and downs, but you want to look at this as a whole. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And what was your second question? Did I have a second question? I think so, but I forgot. I apologize. I think I may have too. Maybe I well, I think what I want now is your closing thoughts. What is it you would like to leave our listeners with? What is, you know, what's your message? For the interview, for the book, um, again, the movie lovers search for romance, what is it you hope that listeners and readers get from your book? Um, first, there is salvation in art, that art um, supports us, redeems us, informs us. And if you can find an art form, most people love music, but I love movies. Um, indulge in it in a healthy way. I mean, don't overspend, obviously. But there really is salvation in art for the artist and for the consumer. And embrace that and be grateful if you have that in your life. And the second is romance, like everybody, like everything else in life, has its ups and downs. Um, we can choose to, to, to pause. We can choose to stop. But um, that's the natural course of things. So don't feel discouraged if you're having ups and downs to understand that that's normal. And that, as you yourself said, you're not too old or too anything to find love. Tell us briefly, we only have a minute left, but you also wrote a book, You Are Dealing with a Health Challenge, and you've written books about that, and people can find Mm -hmm. that right online. Mm -hmm. They can find that online. All right, Joanna, it has been an honor and a pleasure to have you on the program today. It really has. I want to thank you so much. It's been a pleasure and an honor to be here. Thank you. (laughs) All right. Stay on the line for a minute. All right, folks. That wraps up this edition of the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show. For those listening live and in 2020 and in December 21st, uh, have a wonderful Christmas and New Year's for those celebrating. And I just want to say that uh, you can find me. Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com if you're interested in being on my newsletter list so I can send you my newsletter which shares all of the guests coming up. And also um, you can find me online, Patricia uh, at on uh, Patricia Raskin, Raskin Resources and that's on Facebook, that page. You can like that, Patricia Raskin, Raskin Resources. And if you're thinking about doing your own podcast, since I've interviewed 5,000 people in my work, I'd be happy to help you. So you can see all that on PatriciaRaskin.com. Remember Remember, stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, and know you can make your dreams come true. Until next time, I'm Patricia Raskin. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of The Patricia Raskin Show. Be sure to join Patricia Raskin and another amazing guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an outstanding week.